We're coming to you with the unspoken words. This is a Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Wobriety. Community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Hey, yeah! Hey, I didn't even know ducks could. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Unspoken words. Episode 108, Meridian. The triad is back together <laughs> in the house. Hey. 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 Uh, hey, and I don't like her. I don't like her. I, I don't never, like her one no, bit. No, 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 no. Not for a second. Not I don't like her. She always coming up in here trying to change things. <laughs> <laughs> trying to fix things that ain't broke. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I was just listening to that episode the other day. Uh, that one when we were going off about that, remember, we're like we kept saying, "I don't like her." I don't like her. <laughs> remember, we were saying that, and I was laughing. I was like, "What the heck were we talking about?" <laughs> I don't like her. But it was like going on through the whole episode. We get serious, and then we say, "I don't like her." I'm like me neither. I hate her. Then we started talking about <laughs> why do they do that? Because they're fixers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it then. <laughs> Don't fix it. It's not broke. <laughs> it's not even broke. You always do this. And it's not just one time. <laughs> it's all the time. That's kind of how it actually sounded, actually. <laughs> I mean, not that I was there, but oh, okay. as I was told, you know. As you... The way your grandfather told as you. The, yeah, as the story goes, that's how it was said. <laughs> that's how it was told to me. All right, over here to my left, all the way from L. Jesus. He's number 83, the pod. Gotti Randy B. Say, showed up. Hello. And over here to my right. All the way from Papua, Nino, Nino, Nino. He is your favorite Indian, your hoe in one, JCB. Say, show Arrow Creek's finest. Oh, uh-huh. the resident sensei. I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. That's oh, nice. resident sensei. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Now, wait till I get my hair did. Yeah, he's always <laughs> acting bad and sanctimonious. <laughs> 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 and across the way from me tonight... An extra co-host, George, the head man dancer, alumni of LBHC and MSUB, and he's also a boo dog. Reed, say shoulder. So, uh, I'm glad to be back. Ken Goodson. It was Harding Girls back in the day. <laughs> Hen Goodson. <laughs> Early 2000s. Those <laughs> Harding Girls. Oh. Hen Goodson. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> you don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just can't. 
She's gonna get mad. Oh, okay. I'm all right, scared. I'm scared. <laughs> get you in trouble. <laughs> you're sleeping on the couch. Oh, yeah. I'll make sure we release yeah. the episode like at like, ten. Yeah, she <laughs> was already in bed. Yeah. 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 At least one more night, and not not on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and you know me, Mo Hugs, oh. not drugs from up the road in Arrow Creek. Uh huh. Half Sasquatch, half man, half Yeti, and Bigfoot. I'm Crow Squatch. <laughs> Sasquatch. I know earlier these guys are like, man, it's getting cold. It's getting cold. I was like, it's not even cold yet. <laughs> this guy got little icicles in his goatee. <laughs> Coming home frozen. I uh, don't even care. Earlier this afternoon, early afternoon, like right around noon, I had a lunch meeting over here downtown. And instead of jumping in my car, driving three, four blocks, I just walked. And... Man, I ran into like three, four people that I knew and really talking to them. Some of them were street chiefs. They're standing in the cold having conversations. No phase? Yeah, no phase. They're all bundled up. Oh, it's pretty crazy. Man. And I was really walking here. There's these street chiefs coming up. And I started running away from them. And I turned around and I said, just kidding. And I gave them some money. They thought, <laughs> I, thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> 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 just kidding I didn't do that <laughs> But I was thinking I would do that If there's a big group of them Like run away from them And turn around And say just kidding Just kidding Here you go, Here you go. Here's <laughs> a dollar I mean man I'd sit there And try to warm up the car And shivering around All pitiful <laughs> yeah, It was, was alright It was a good Nice little brisk walk That's crazy I Brisk I love the brisk. That's funny. We were just not talking about this. That's brisk, baby. You'd think that, you know, being from Montana, Montana that we'd be used to it. Jack, but, but yeah, I think you just got to get acclimated, right? You just got to get used to it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's all it is for me. Like, I I love it. I love that, boom, man, that brisk air hits you. I was like, ah, I love that. So then, like, I just wait till my body gets acclimated. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely feel like it's, I feel the cold. It's cold to me, but then I'm just like, a couple minutes, I'm going to be all right. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. so totally. So, I got a couple questions for you guys. Are you guys ready for some questions? I like questions. Yes. Questions, yeah. Give me a question. Yeah. Okay, so you guys were talking about boiled eggs last week. <laughs> hey, did you ever uh, figure out how to make That got me thinking. Um, so, boiled eggs. seven minutes? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It sounds like once it starts boiling. Right? Well, how's your boiled egg game? What do you, what do you? So <laughs> these guys are saying like it takes seven minutes to boil like a hard boiled egg. Perfectly, not perfectly. Over, so, not under. but then these guys had questions like, is that seven minutes of boiling or seven minutes like in the water? Like, you know, put put it in the water, put it on the stove, let it boil. That so is that guess. time whole seven minutes? My guess would be as soon as you turn, put it in the water, turn on the heat, your seven minutes starts there. But I don't know. That don't make sense because usually recipes are like boil for seven minutes. It's not place in water for seven minutes. Huh. You know, like when you look at recipes, I don't well, know. It doesn't take long, though, because they start splitting open. <laughs> your cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he said that as a confidence. <laughs> they just started splitting open. Splitting all hard, too. Ain't no homo. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, I'm sorry. Man, I couldn't help myself. You just split okay, it open. <laughs> so, I'm going to give you guys a scenario. <laughs> I want to give you guys a scenario, and then I want your feedback on it. So, <laughs> you boil perfect hard-boiled egg, and then you go in to crack it open and peel it. But when you crack it and you start peeling it, there's a baby chick inside. Would you feel bad? Why or why not? Me? Yeah. For <clears throat> cracking the egg? Yeah. No. You boiled because the egg. You cooked it. it. Oh, and then oh, you, you opened it, and you come to find out there's a little chicken there that you just cooked. No, I would not feel bad. Okay, what about you, Randy B. I'd be like, man, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> would you be creeped out, any of you? But see, that's why I wouldn't feel bad. I wouldn't be creeped out, but I'd be grossed out too. Oh yeah, true, true. What about you, Georgie? Um, I actually wouldn't feel bad, but at the same time, I'd just be shocked. <laughs> I know. That's what I'd say. I'd probably be like, oh, man, I'd feel bad, I think. You think so? Ah, like you crack it open and like you start peeling it and this little birdie flops out. Oh, I'd probably be like that. But what if it was already dead before? Because if it was alive. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, it's not alive. I mean, it's not like you boiled it alive or anything, but just the fact that you boiled it. <laughs> what if it was already dead? <laughs> it woke up dead. <laughs> it woke up dead. That's what he meant to say. That's what he meant to say. <laughs> Could have a little boiled chicken. A poached chicken. Hey, okay, that reminds me. There's one time we were eating lunch out back at work, and there's a picnic table there underneath the tree. Uh huh. And next thing you know, we just heard this, and we didn't know what it was. Yeah. And then we were all looking around. Then next thing you know, like over at the edge of the table, that picnic table, there was a little tiny bird. Like it must have fell out of the nest, but when it hit that table, it splat. Uh, Splattered. Did it die? Yeah, it was dead. Dang. Crazy. (laughs) Okay, so my follow up question to. Finding the little birdie that you just boiled and cracked open the egg, would you eat it? No. No? Is that a hell no? Hey, he's thinking about it. Maybe if I was hungry. Yeah, yeah you were hungry. Put a bunch of okay, okay define, define hungry. Like, that was the only thing in the house, and you were broke. It was like the day before payday. That was the only thing, was that one egg. No. Nah, would you eat the little birdie? I, I'd wait. All right. Mama, if I was like really, really hungry, maybe I'd like eat whatever was around it. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. About you, Randy B. Would I eat it? Yeah, would you eat it if it was edible? Yeah, this guy, you could Google it. <laughs> 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 oh, I was taking pictures, but um, <laughs> but I think I don't know. That would depend. Like, dude, if I was hungry enough. And depending yeah, on the circumstance, yeah, get the little drumstick and <laughs> with the talons still on there, <laughs> the little tiny chicken feet. Yeah, 
Now, see, the more you say that, the more I'm thinking, I'll wait, man. I'll wait till payday, bro. What about you, headman dancer? I make an egg sandwich. <laughs> Birdie sandwich. The little, the little feet sticking out of the bread. <laughs> All crunchy. <laughs> oh, man. Just a little talon sticking out of your mouth. A little talon. Oh, and then one of it stabs the roof of your mouth. Oh, oh man. Does man. the chickens have large talons? Instant karma. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right, I think that's enough grossing out our listeners on episode 108. Good episode. Good episode. Good night. Good night. That's it. <laughs> Just wanted to get George's feedback on the little bird. <laughs> the, the little dirty birdie. <laughs> okay, so I've asked you guys to come up with something. An instance where you put your foot in your mouth, just like something funny, nothing like real bad or anything. Um, I don't know if mine's really funny, but it was on my mind, so that's what it made me think of. So when I was working downtown with the police officers, I was telling this story. And, you know, I just like, you know, I was probably about three, four months into the job. So I've been around these guys a lot, you know, establishing a friendship but work friendship working relationship and i started telling this story about uh because they were telling stories like kind of like war stories you know drinking stories and stuff anyway so i was talking about this one time and uh where we came across these um these these white gentlemen and i was telling the story and i said yeah man we came and like yeah man we're just hanging out we're just kicking and then these white boys started acting all bad and i said then we punked them out and then the story went something along those lines like that. But when I said white boys, these officers I was working with got pissed. What do you mean pissed? Did they say something? They're like mad. They just give you dirty looks. Yeah. Then after that, their whole, the whole mood changed and they kind of quit talking to me for the rest of the day. (laughs) So that was like an instance. Like I thought it was funny. I was just like, just because I said that. White boys hmm. Like to us That's not a thing right No I wouldn't even think twice About saying that In front of you guys And I didn't Like to that At that moment I didn't even think twice About saying it there But I didn't even know Like that Got under their skin And so uh, My mentor at the time He was an LAC He's a white gentleman And I told him Kind of basically What I told you guys And I said they got mad I said I don't understand Why they got mad and then I said, I don't understand why they got mad when I said white boys. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you don't like you don't say that. Really? Yeah. And I was like, for real? And he's like, yeah. He's like, if you're going to refer to, like, you know, some white boys, he said, just say some white guys. Huh. And I was just like, oh, so don't use the boys thing? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So that kind of makes sense, though, because <clears throat> favorite Topic, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. It goes back, like, when they were being disrespectful to people of color, they would call them boy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Why don't you go and get that there for me, boy? Yeah. You eyeballing me, boy? Yeah. yeah. Kind of like I don't respect you type. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That would be an angle. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. No, I just never, I didn't know it would be like that, that big of a. Like that big of a deal. Yeah. But yeah. also, okay. another one, right, mm-hmm. if I can interject. Yeah, yeah. Is like, <clears throat> it's 
It's a new one. I like that. I'll write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Uh-huh. We're I waiting. Lo- I lo- <laughs> no, I lost my train of thought. He fell asleep. <laughs> hey, those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, you snoring, were, eh? You were interjecting. <laughs> okay, I guess he's going to sleep on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gonna sleep on this one. <laughs> we'll get back to him. <laughs> no, but like when you're calling, so it really doesn't matter to the person that's saying it, right? Like they're always like for the most part, mainstream wants to justify using things like the N word. Oh, true. Yeah, and words that they shouldn't use publicly. Uh huh. And then they're like, "Oh, well, we didn't think it was harmful." True. But then, yet on the other side, they're like. Why you should know. Yeah. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword, I think. Yeah. It's kind of like a play dumb when you have to. But I mean, okay. But but it's a valid excuse for, yeah. like, you didn't know you were being, and there was no intention to be disrespectful. Yeah. It's how they took it. It was kind of like, I was being disrespectful to those those white boys in my story. Yeah. Not to them, them, though. But then they took offense to it. So I could, yeah, I could kind of see that. Well, allow me to retort. Sure. Does anyone write that one yeah. down? <laughs> <coughs> um, so, or like, I okay, write this uh, down? <laughs> <laughs> no, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay, so he fell asleep on us. So you should gentlemen. know, right? <laughs> okay, so like, if you said the N word or you know any other kind of racial epitaphs, like calling like, us stuff. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, I mean, that's almost, I don't want to say common knowledge, but I mean, you, everybody knows you don't go around saying the N-word. Oh, yeah, true. But I've never heard anybody take offense to white boy. I've even, I, I'm thinking back, I probably even said it to white, white, I almost called them white boys. <laughs> I said it to white gentlemen. Yeah. And they never expressed that type of mm. kind of. Uh, but it is kind of. Again, I think it's all on the receiver. That's true, yeah. Yeah, true. Because, like, okay, Redskin. Yeah. Like, you know, they go around and they ask all these native, they they said, oh, we asked 500 Indians, and not one of them was offended by it. And I was like, well, which ones did you ask? Because I know some people will, and some people won't. Yeah. We'll say, oh, that's offensive to me. Like, I know some natives that love that football team because of their logo. Yeah. And they felt like represented, yeah. So that's their team. And I, within I've at powwows, I've seen singers sitting at drums with that logo tattooed on their shoulder. Can you name them? Nope. I actually don't know their names. I've just oh. seen them with my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so, oh, so, so <laughs> along those lines, then what would you say to the? Than the native people that do find that offensive. I mean, what do you, is there something for them too? Uh, no, I think overall it's just, it is really offensive. Because uh, I had a, wasn't in person, but I had a white gentleman ask me, he's like, what's so bad with red skin? And I just said, um, this was like on social media like 10 years ago. And I said, well, just walk up to a native and call him a red skin, see what happens to you. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, so I think there's a lot that goes into play like that because the <clears throat> I mean I know that it's offensive because of the origins, right? Yeah, like you're going back 
to um that's why they say you know blackface is offensive oh yeah because they used to put blackface on it and act like clowns basically yeah Act the fool. Act the yeah. fool, yeah. So, I mean, if you go back to the origins, then that's offensive. And then somewhere along the line, I think it just became desensitized to it. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, I had a question. Like, um, remember, they still got the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Yeah. yeah. And, like, I think Redskins, that was my grandpa's, one of my, on my mom's side's favorite team. He mm-hmm. liked that. Like, yeah. And I know back on the east coast they all made riots and everything about that and yeah. that's why they're the commanders now yeah. but which the is commando <laughs> they go commando but yeah. bunch of commies <laughs> but chiefs and redskins what do you think what's the difference uh i don't like the chiefs one either i mean i guess i don't i don't like the fans what they do at the games that oh yeah. that that shit that bullshit I don't like that. Or when they wear their costumes, yeah. those are costumes, uh, and I, you know, act like clowns, you know, because because yeah. you know we think back, we we're all probably direct descendants of an actual living, breathing former chief, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And that we know what it takes to to ascend to that position, yeah, and the respect and all that that goes with it. Mm-hmm. So to see that, like the fans, <clears throat> and then. I guess it's it, it, it's really the fact that it, they're car- they're like um, caricature is what I'm trying to say is like almost cartooning yeah, yeah, yeah. it up like and so to be a mascot like that that one gets me like um, that other word the R word yeah yeah it just cheapens our culture yeah. I think I don't personally like I don't take offense to both. Like the Chiefs, the Braves, or the Redskins, mm-hmm. but I also understand the intention behind it. Yeah, I think like in in terms of dealing with natives, it was derogatory. Yeah, and used in a in a manner to dehumanize us. Exactly for sure. Um, which also leads me to another question is like, okay, so why are you guys the ones that set the standard of what's offensive and what's not offensive? So why do you take offense to white boy, yet you'll toe the line and get as close as you can to using the N-word, <clears throat> to calling us chiefs, redskins, boy? You know, like, you have a part of society that consistently tolls the line to see how much they can get away with. Yeah. But when you use that, they're like, hey, you know. Hey, not here, pal. Yeah, and, like, so, and so, okay, so here's another thing, too. Do you <laughs> see the the sons? Yeah. And their yeah, jerseys yeah. and they got the medicine wheel on the, the court? Dead. Yep. That's that's different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, cause, like, they're, they're, they're the sons, right? Yeah. But they're using that imagery to, um, uh, how would how, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they're uplifting a community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're um, and the <clears throat> honoring the, the the tribes around there actually had input. There you go. Okay, they had input on the jersey because on the jersey shorts along like the uh, the embroider part, I mean the the trimming. It has the names of all those tribes that are around in that area. Mm-hmm. 
And each player got a beaded medallion that said um, that had the logo on. Pickles there. are huge right now. Yep, Mike's too. But uh, so that yeah, like you said, it's way different with that because it was the tribes that gifted, like they collaborated with the tribe and like what's appropriate. I think that was honoring. Yeah, honoring. Oh yeah, that's you honoring. know they, they were honoring. they were honoring and and whereas the other guys. They were set in place, and really, the Chiefs and the, and the Redskins, that name comes from, oh. like, the 70s, 60s. Oh, yeah, for sure. In a time when our country was going through, like, all kinds of stuff. Yep. So I think the intention is, like, because, like, the leverage was different, right? Yeah. Like, you have a part of society that sets the standard and is used to setting the standard, but now that it's being challenged and questioned, and now it's, like, wobbly. Yeah. It's not as sure as it used to be. And I think along those lines, too, like I keep on seeing these posts and stuff that, oh, everybody's getting offended over blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, not everybody has a voice. Everybody has a platform now to voice that word. Previously, people weren't so comfortable to come forward and voice their opinions. These things have always been offensive Mm -hmm. to people. But now people have a platform on social media, podcasts, what have you, to voice their um, their offense, their dislike for these things, where previously people were just like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a thing, or they didn't voice these things, or they didn't voice them publicly. Um, so I think that's, that's like one big significance where, People are so getting offended so easily these days. It's like, no, people have always been offended by these things. But now we're voicing it. Which brings me to question to another one, too. So, like, you guys saw the news with, like, Kanye, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And all the canceling. What do you guys think about that? I think... I don't know. I I don't know. There's just... Things you can't say. I mean, you shouldn't say. But who says? Hmm. Who says that? Probably the people that he said it about. I think, yeah. Think of it I think he like, has every right to say what he says oh, and do a, what he does, but the people with the money said that's not appropriate. But would that logic apply to what we're, we're, we're talking about with the native stuff? They're the people with the money. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, they're the ones in control of being See, I don't able agree. to cancel. I don't agree with what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's how hip-hop was started. Yeah. True. They were saying, and they were painting pictures through real things that were happening. Yeah. And now, after hip-hop has gotten so popular... Now they're willing to cancel one of the most popular hip-hop artists of our time. Mm-hmm. Even to the point of like, okay, let's capitalize off you. Let's make all this money off you, make you into a billionaire. But as soon as you say something that we don't like, we're going to pull our power. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We're going to take you off. But we're going to use all those designs that we threw your name on. Yep. And we're not paying you, like, all this other stuff. But then it's, like, everything that you your whole identity was built on is, like, so, taken, taken back by it. Okay, so 
<clears throat> by that rationale, allow me to play devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. If Kanye comes out with a song and it has the N-word in it and a, and a, a Caucasian buys that album, they mm-hmm. love that song, they're singing along to it, and they say that N-word. Which they do. Which they do. Then they take offense to that. What is that saying? Like, okay, so mm-hmm. you could say, well, you know what? You can buy my music, you can listen to my music, but you can't repeat it. Mm. I'll take your money, you can have the CD, but you cannot repeat the words that I say. Mm-hmm. So really, I think, is it is it money? But then also, the root of that word, too, was used in a, in a uh, very disrespectful way, right? Like, the intention was to hurt the black person. Yeah. But this part of society flipped that term and made it something that was hip. Yeah, and made it their own. And kind made of like, it their own. Kind of like what we, when they, like the something else and then the indigenous creatures. Yeah. Like we just took it because like we're always hacking on each other. We took that and majority of us like just made jokes about it. Yeah. Turned it to something funny both times like on social media, man. It was like, boom. Yeah. Um, or even just Indians. Like, you know, yeah. when, when when we hear now, when we hear people refer to us as Indians, I'm not an Indian. Yeah. You know, it's, then you go into this long diatribe about why you're not an Indian. <laughs> I'm not but, from India. But we, when we're sitting here joking around, I'm like, man, you Indians are crazy, you know? Like, I had no problem saying that to you. I have no yeah, problem you, being called Indian either. Yeah, you're, you're our favorite Indian. Yeah, see, I'm your favorite Indian. Because I come from Latchgrass and where we're all, what, <laughs> what are we? <laughs> Indian power, as you say. <laughs> you got the Browning Indians, yeah. too. Oh. I just but think the like, warriors come from Bapua. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what did you think about the Florida State Seminoles? I almost forgot about those. Yeah. And see, that's what I was going to say, because that brings me back to childhood when, like, bro, like watching Saturday morning TV on ABC when, uh, what was the guy, the announcer, that old man? Man, what the heck's his name? His name's escaping me. Like, Mr. What do you call it? Belvedere. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Vague Show. <laughs> no, I, know, I think I know what you're talking about. I just can't think of the name uh, either. It starts with a B, man. His last name. Mr. B. Hmm. But anyway, he would announce the games on Saturdays, right? And then, hmm. man, like in the background, it'd be like a Florida State game. And then in the background, you just hear, ah, uh, kind of like yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, but it like that reminds me of childhood, and I never once took offense to those words. And the thing with that too is, um, the Seminole tribe actually gave them permission. Like, you know, we'll work with you, and we'll, we'll let you. It'd be, I mean, because it's pretty specific. I like think they got even that spear from the tribe, the one that when he rides his horse out onto the football field and throws it into the ground on the yeah. end zone. Like, he, they got that from the tribe. So what are we saying about all this? Like, is it like it's acceptable as long as you're honoring? I'm honoring your culture. I don't well, know. Well, that that, 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 that kind of goes back to, like, what do you consider to be honoring? Because yeah. a lot of their arguments for, say, Redskins or Chiefs is like, we wouldn't pick a mascot that's weak and blah, blah, blah. We're, we're honoring you. But. When, like you said, you go back to when they it originated. There was a that was during a time when we were less than human. Yeah, and we were saw as less than human, and you can't switch up that argument now. Yeah. Now that you're being called on it, yeah. So I think like with the sons, that's going to be honoring to me. 
And what they're doing, and now they're trying to switch it, switch it up after the fact is. Eh, I don't well, know that's the that. kind of cool thing about like Phoenix and, and Minnesota, though, because they're both uh, metropolitan areas that are right next to um, reservations. A lot of names in Phoenix are actually Native American. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some they even talk about like Crow. Um, man, what the heck is that town? Awatuki. Mm. Not Awatuki. Was it? Yeah, it is. Awatuki is a town in Milwaukee. Uh, in Phoenix, but they're saying, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, like all these um, things go back to like <laughs> native. Uh, go back to the native people. Yeah. Um, and then it used to be called Casino Arizona, but it's called what's the casino now? Um, oh, um, it used to be Casino Arizona. <clears throat> they they had the they sponsored the what you call there for a while. The yeah, arena. they had that. Yeah, the name. They bought the naming rights. Yeah, I know which one you're talking. I know what you're talking about. I just mm. can't. But anyway, they're part of that. And then also in Minneapolis, you have um, Treasure Island, uh, Treasure Island, Prairie Island, Treasure Island Resorts. Um, mm. They're Native American. They're like the Shaka. There's you have like the Shakopee. You have um, Prairie Island. You have all these like Native Americans in that area. You actually have one city block in Minneapolis that is a reservation. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Nice. Like one city block, like it's an actual reservation it's in the city of uh, Minneapolis. Hmm. Um. But yeah, I, I think like when you have organizations like both of them take a stance in the way that they are now, like okay. You know, we can we can become business partners, but we also want to honor your people. I think that's awesome. Yeah. But I kind of don't agree with a certain part of society thinking that they're the ones that set the standards. Yep. Like, they're the moral police. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. they're the ones that determine what's okay and what's not okay to mm-hmm. say or to do in this country. Yeah. When, if you look at the... Origination of the country, they're the ones that came from a different place. Yeah. And yeah. how. And how. And I think the whole Kanye thing is like him, he just, uh, he stepped out of ranks. He he got caught up. Foot and mouth? Foot and mouth. Um, because you don't see any other celebrities doing that. But when they do, they do the exact same thing. Also, you got people like they're talking like, "Oh, he went from a billionaire to like five hundred million." It's like, that's still five hundred million. Oh, that's still five hundred million. Did you got, buddy? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I still be chilling. Well, then that, that billion must not have been real. I guess you know what I mean. Like, you got it's like net worth, yeah. like potential. Yeah, net worth that deals with like all your properties, all your businesses. Yeah, so it's wow. like. I, I kind of don't really, I mean, like, you know how they say, like, um, uh, those guys, those, what's uh, the one with Amazon and the one that owns Tesla, those two? Bezos and yeah. Musk. Yeah, they're, they're always saying, oh, they lost $2 billion in stock. And I was like, well, then that means you really never had it in the first place. True. Like, somebody else is determining that value, and it goes and fluctuates. Yeah. So, it, to me, that's not real. It's not like you can yeah. hold, like, a gold bar in your hand and, like, oh, somebody took it. That's to me. That's yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Right on. So let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's do one more. Do you guys, any of you have like a foot <laughs> no. and mouth story? Okay. So when you said that, I was thinking, that I, man, I can think of probably a million of them. But the one that True. jumped out at me was, uh, I remember when I was in. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. No, I mean, I Sometimes believe my it. filter doesn't work. So we were, I mean, this is when I was in high school and I was going to. I went to high school, Amphitheater High School in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, down there, you know, you have to dress out for PE. Oh, yeah. And it's all boys, and then the girls have their own class or whatever. But anyway, we're, we're all dressed out, and we're waiting for the um, PE teacher to come. And here's a fun fact. His name was Mr. Easterday. Hmm. Huh. Anyway, uh, so we were sitting there. We know we're joking around, laughing around and stuff. And uh, one of my friends, you know, he was laughing so hard. He started kind of shaking around and doing these weird body movements yeah. and i laughed at him and i said what are you epileptic and there's this kid behind me and he goes i don't think that's funny oh and we turned around and he said why and he goes i'm epileptic Bang. and i thought just, uh, man i felt it. but then my jackass buddy goes that makes it even funnier <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Man, I felt just bad. Man, that's cringeworthy. Man. Right. I feel bad for eighteen-year-old you or whoever. It was about sixteen. Sixteen-year-old you. Yeah, man, I Dang. I felt horrible. And I just, <laughs> I, I just I just said it. I'm like, oh man, what's wrong with you? Are you epileptic? And then this kid was behind me. He was like, I don't think that's funny. And we all turned around and was like, why? I'm epileptic. Oh, <laughs> my goodness, bro! I'm sorry, man. I'll buy you lunch or something. You know, I I felt terrible, dude. So yeah, Man. I got one more. Can I give you another one? Sure. <laughs> so okay, we were in watching yes. uh, Titanic in the theater when it first came out, mm-hmm. and I was with my girlfriend at the time, and you know he's holding on to the door, and then he dies, and he kind of floats underneath the water. <laughs> yeah. And then she was over there, kind of brushing off some tears. And I, looked at, I was like, "Are you crying?" And there was these ladies behind us, and this one must have been crying too, and she was wiping her face. She goes. <laughs> one of those bro one of those and i just kind of sank down in my seat and i thought oh my god because i ruined that movie for i mean you'll never get to watch it the first time ever again no yeah and, and, and i was probably you probably heard you throughout the whole theater yeah because i just looked over and i was trying to be funny to my girlfriend and i was like are you crying and that woman behind me was like Ugh. And I know for a fact, like, she probably watches that movie to this day. And remember, remember that ending? Remember that, that was, jackass that was sitting in front of us? <laughs> and I, I swear, man, when I turned around to look at her and she looked at me and if looks could kill you, that had to bury me twice. Dang. And I just felt, oh, man, that was another one of those. Oh, mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to zip it. Zip it. <laughs> So yeah, those are some yeah. pretty pretty big foot and mouth ones Oof, too. Man, I'm, I feel cringeworthy. I had a, <laughs> I had a quick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I was sixth or seventh grader. Uh huh. We, we were in English class. I don't know if this pertains to, it, but the lady put up a sentence on the board and she said, "What's wrong with this sentence?" And I said it with confidence. The condom. <laughs> oh, the comma, the comma. Oh, yeah. The condom. Did everybody start laughing? I didn't even have that stuff on my mind. I, I think it was a brain fart or something. The condom. The condom. And then the teacher was like, what, what the fuck, George? 
Then she yeah. put the comma there because it, it was English class. Or yeah, she yeah, said, yeah. what's wrong with this sentence? And I just, with confidence too, condom. <laughs> and I was like, oh, comma, comma. The, the other thing, the other thing. Was this that pretty ego too? <laughs> oh, the parochial oh school? God. Was it a nun? Just kidding. That was a long time ago. I still remember that. It's funny though, but. Still kind of make you go, Ugh. Yeah, like, uh, what the hell? What the hell? You mean what, what was on your mind? <laughs> <laughs> you say it wasn't, but I don't know. No. Puberty. Puberty, yeah. Hormones were raging. Yeah. Raging Kaduk. Raging Kaduk. <laughs> All right, let's get into this, man. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's get into the main episode. So, DJ, why don't you hit me with that beat? Ayo, let's get into our topic. Ayo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right. It's Saturday night and I just got paid. Full about my money, don't try to save. Yeah, we're gonna rock it out. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Richie. Yeah, shout out to R.I.P. Richie Valens. Richie Valenzuela and his flying guitar. Well, we got uh, George, the headman dancer. <laughs> LBC Baller in the house, and uh, he he got an announcement, man. Go ahead, do your announcement. We'll jump right into it. Uh, when was that on? I'm trying to think, I don't even. November fifteenth was that on a Tuesday? Yeah, November fifteenth. Yeah, fifteenth was Tuesday. Uh, I hit my three-year sober marker. Yeah! Woo! I got five on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wanted to bring my coin. Yeah. Dope, man, congratulations. Awesome, man. That's I'm, awesome. I'm pretty proud of myself because I didn't think I'd be three years sober and like ever. It was just a dream, a, a dream back then. And it was I, all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazines, salt and pepper and heavy D undercover, no, up in the awesome. limousines. Oh, up in the limousine, <laughs> heavy D. On, uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Three years, three years. Woo-hoo! Kaka, kaka. No, so for me, uh, I put mindfulness in here for you because that's something that is always that's that's what helped me out and it's continues to help me out. Is that mindfulness? Is being aware of my thoughts and emotions, bodily sensations. Um, so that's what I put in here for you. For your coin. Thanks. <laughs> JC puts the life on it. I, I thought it would be impolite not to taste it. <laughs> Yug. So, yeah. Wow, that's pretty awesome. What? Did you wash your hands? No. <laughs> of course not. You, you get my extra Party medicine. Break. Extra medicine, but yeah. That's, that's really weird. That, that's. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's pretty awesome, man. Congratulations. The three. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. Uh, so, <coughs> yeah, basically what he said. I mean, I'll put all that stuff and more into this. You know, got to give you that good mojo. And to see this not double, not triple, but ten times, two. Oh, 60. Continuous Randy in perpetuity. No, in perpetuity. Oh, man, this put guy. Your got wishes. This guy's on I know, this roll. guy. <laughs> nice. This guy's been reading the dictionary. Thanks, <laughs> No, I think, like, mindfulness is a game changer. But also, I want to just, like, one thing that's helped me a lot lately has just been being nice to myself. Hmm. You know, never forget to be nice to you. Kind to you, say good things to you, you know, because you do it all day. You know, you're a helper, you got such a big heart, and it's crazy, like, you know, but, yeah, I, I pray for the same thing that JC said, that it would continue, you know, until your days are are, are done here. But I pray, and, 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 yeah, man, mindfulness and, you know, con- continuity, Oh, another one. <laughs> but also, yeah, man, loving yourself. Uh I want to thank you guys for giving me those kind words and encouragement and putting more sobriety in here. Mm-hmm. And that day, I wanted to, I usually go every time I hit a year. I go and hit an AA meeting, like the ones I usually go to. Mm-hmm. And I haven't went to one since, like, in the summertime, but I went to downtowners, and I used my lunch hour. I went during the day. I usually go in the evening to the West Enders to go check that out, but yeah. I had some stuff to do that evening. But I went down there, and it was, it was kind of packed. And I, I, I used to be scared to talk in the AA meetings, be in the corner, just listen, don't even share nothing, and go, but... Now I was excited to talk, and uh, there was another lady that got her nine nine month coin, and right on. I was ready to go. I was ready to talk, and I just told him how much I've learned within mm-hmm. this next year because I never carried my other one or two year coin around as much as this one because this one really means I don't know what this three year means a yeah. lot. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, just the people I met, you three, and other more sober natives I met since I've been on this journey, and they're all in my corner. I'm glad. Uh, there's a lot of people that help me, and I'm, I like to help others too. And I kind of been on this on a three year streak, I guess. Oh yeah, sobriety, and I haven't been this sober this long with in like ten years. Right yeah. on, man. Since, That's awesome. Since high school, like yeah. Hey, hey. 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 Oh, I was like the gringo <laughs> and los estados unidos caliente. los estados unidos <laughs> what did you say in the united states <laughs> selena y los dinos <laughs> no uh for real like i told you this before but i want to say it on air too man like you are an inspiration to me george for real because i've seen you from the beginning and coming this far, man, I'm super proud of you, very proud of you, because, and I told you this, that I've seen too many brothers and sisters, like, give up. 
Uh, me and Randy are always saying it. It's too hard. <laughs> I'm just going to go use now. It's too hard. <laughs> they go down that bullshit road. Self-pity. Throw a pity party and then start using again. It's too hard. But you never did that. You never did that. You kept pushing through. No matter what life is throwing at you, you always just like use your tools. You don't dig into your bag of tricks. You use your tools. You reach out. I know you've reached out to me numerous times. And that's inspiring to me, man, to see that from a young native man going forward. And now you're in LAC helping others um, on their journey. Oh, that's huge, man. That's awesome. So I'm super proud of you. Congratulations. Thanks, Josiah. I think last time we met, I was a peer support, and now it's just surreal because now I'm at ACLC, and oh, yeah. it's just crazy how far I've come. I look at the growth, and I just want to look back and then keep going, like going up a mountain. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this milestone, like this is not over. Like I'm just like look at my life as a book, and I'm like halfway through the book, so to say. But yeah. Like, there's those bad chapters, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's those good chapters, and that's just all part of life, right? Like, up and yeah, down. Sure. And that's part of, like, life, death, like, divorce, losing loved ones, losing a job, finance. It's just part of life, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it's not always going to be beautiful and perfect, and there's going to be storms, but the yep. storm's going to go away, and the sun's going to come out. But, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, that's, guys. <clears throat> that's good. I mean, like, just... You know, to keep that, have that positive mindset, you know, and not like <clears throat> one of the things that I always get in trouble with is focusing on my negative past, right? Like, and then thinking and then projecting that into the future. But, um, you know, as far as like, you can't, I, I said it before, you can't uh, re get the whole story from a book by reading one page, mm. right? There's, there's more to it than that. And every awesome every great redemption story has to have that has to have that little bit of conflict somewhere in there and and to overcome it and then you know and now you're going forward and you're helping other people man you're you're a you're an inspiration to us and you're um you're like a like the perfect uh well i'm not going to say perfect you know um i'm not trying to put you put you like the, you oh, know that makes sense. yeah um but you know like you are what other people could aspire to like man mm -hmm. that that guy you know he's got three years and he's done all this stuff in just a short amount of time and he's still you know propelling forward and you know now i can do it i think i can do it too and so not only do you give hope and inspiration but you give like this uh example of how to you know overcome and to succeed and not only succeed but exceed because i think even your even your wildest imagination, your biggest dreams are probably too small for you because I think you're going to blow up past that. And proceed. And proceed. <laughs> and all proceeds go Thank to you. To give you what you need. <laughs> for the feed. No, like you for said, the in, feed in the pre LAC. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. George Reed. They <laughs> <laughs> brought it all together. But. Uh, in your previous podcast, I like you like, like what you said. Like I don't know how many relapses I got in me, or how many recoveries I got in me. Like you counted as lives, you know. Like man, I almost didn't come back from this last one because I was real bad and drinking and half a G's of vodka like before noon, and mm. I was no job, nothing. I look at 
I've been to hell a couple of times and back, and I just, I don't know that cycle, you know, that destruction cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how many, your body's wearing out, like all those hits into the, and you, you don't see it on the outside because the inside, the organs are taking the hits, you know. Yeah. And you, I don't know, it's tough too because cirrhosis is real and you, no one believes it until it happens. Like, I don't wish that on nobody, but those hangovers are bad too and they're scary and I had nightmares and night terrors, night sweats, shakes, like depression, <clears throat> hopelessness, no motivation. I, I wasn't, my spiritual balance was on like low. My balance will, they're all low and physical, everything. I just worried about my next drink. I know that story all too well. Yep. Yep. Now you've come a long way, and yeah, like you said, I like what you said. You're like, there's just a milestone. Got to keep going. Got to keep climbing. Because that's one way I look at it. Um, whenever I get to like a year, um, celebrate another year in recovery, walking the red road. Like I, I don't, I tell, I don't feel accomplished. Like I make myself not feel accomplished because it's like, okay, this happened. Because I know that I look back in the past is like when I've gotten, um, when I've sobered up in the past, <clears throat> I get to 30 days and I feel accomplished. Yeah. Or 60 days. I feel accomplished. And then before I know it, man, I'm drinking again. Do you think like when you feel accomplished, do you think that kind of has a need of like needing to celebrate? Yeah. 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 Like, okay. Yeah. I got this licked. Yeah, you know, type of yeah, I did it. I see? won this one. Yeah, and then like kind of throw, kind of feeling like you're throwing in your haters' faces or people that were saying you got a problem. Saying, I got a problem, man. I sobered up for sixty days. Yeah, I can drink. I can just drink beer. He <laughs> 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 sounded like you had that conversation before. Oh, wow. hundreds <laughs> of times. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, that's that's great advice. But I think right now in this moment, you just. Man, enjoy it. Oh, yeah, soak it up, man. Soak it up. I think. The morning of when I wake up, like on my birthday, you know, my recovery birthday, man, I'm emotional, man. I cry. I'm happy. It is. is. It is a big thing like that because, man, you just. I mean, we all know, like, from, from where we've come. Mm-hmm. And and, the, and something else I always I said before too is like nobody really knows what we had to go through just to get to today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, man, that's it's freaking awesome, and I can't say enough about it. So I know I can't say enough about you. Buzz, oh, anyone know what? <laughs> <laughs> He's real bad. He's real bad. <laughs> and sanctimonious <laughs> He's sanctimoniously bad <laughs> And totally self-righteous <laughs> And he's a sensei <laughs> Of the whole town <laughs> Of a whole community <laughs> A and village, he, if you will. <laughs> a whole <laughs> district. <laughs> and he hits hoe in ones. <laughs> and he drives a Fiat. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> He's getting big headed. We better stop. <laughs> He's filling himself. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, so, hey, man, congratulations, George. And we'll move on to our main topic here. And I know you wrote something up. So, yeah, man, we'll, we'll kick it off. Kick it off with that. Talking about grief and going through the holidays. Correct? That's what you wrote on? Yeah. Okay. And just I'm going to start off with, like, um, from yep. a licensed yep. counselor perspective on yep. what. Um, love it. Love it. Yep. Before we even go and jump into the holidays, I want to talk about uh, grief itself. Yep, for sure, man. Okay. Yeah, right. good. Just pop off. You got the floor. Uh, many feelings and thoughts may be attached to losing a loved one. We are human, and grief is normal, and our natural reaction to losing someone or something is crucial. Depending on how meaningful a loss and the feelings related to a, to someone can vary. Some some things can some things to avoid can be pushing or forcing instant resolution, which can be dangerous, rushing the grief process. Strategies to unresolve grief or staying stuck in grief can be using a therapeutic and a recovery focused action over over time resolves grief and loss. So things that I wrote down from what I what I learned and was how to like these tools like writing a letter to the person that passed on mm. and to tell how you feel about the loss and how it has affected how it affected you. Or another one could be spend time with understanding and supportive people. And another one will be practice a relaxation strategy to calm stress, sad, sadness, anxiety, and pain. Write about positive ways you coped with past losses, relationship with higher power, spiritual beliefs, praying. Then the last one would be uh, losses that occur during early, late, or middle of recovery can cause relapse if healing does not begin soon. Or if you don't try to work towards the healing process, mm-hmm. it, that's just um, what I got out of it from a counselor's perspective. Because yeah. it can take a toll on your recovery too, either if you're late or early or middle in, in recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from a counselor's perspective, that's what I. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, that's good. <clears throat> uh, the writing the letter thing. Um, yeah, that especially that first last I year. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> that that last year when my dad passed, I man, I wrote numerous letters to him. Uh, just kind of like I kept a journal and just wrote, talked to him. You know, like what I what I would be saying to him, and um, <clears throat> and as we approached the holidays, you know, it was sad. Um, last year holiday season, uh, <clears throat> the first holiday season I had to go through without my dad, and it was very very sad, and. Um, I, I kind of, I wanted to get into the holiday spirit and there was, you know, some moments, you know, I had some joy and like seeing my kids and like, they're, you know, kind of, I was trying real hard to get into the holiday spirit, like trying to catch that magic, yeah, you know, and like, um, I know my kids had a good time and stuff and kids are a lot more resilient, um, with their emotions and stuff. Um, so I know they had a good time, but. I knew I was having a good time, but in the back of my mind, it was just kept just that knowing that my dad wasn't here. That void. Yeah, that void. It was there. And I knew it was there, but I did my best to, like, just get into it, like, have fun. Uh, Even when I was having fun and laughing and joking around or watching a Christmas movie or whatever, it was fun. I knew it was fun, and like, but that the thought was still there that my dad wasn't here. 
Um, and at the end of the nights, you know, nights, you know, after the event or whatever, man, I cry. I would cry uh, because it was sad and um, still hurt. And uh, it's probably going to be the same thing again this year, you know, as we approach the holidays. Um, um, just knowing that he's not there, it's going to it's going to be sad. It is going to be sad. And I know it. Uh, but I know that now I have a like I can make a game plan. Um, I can journal. I can write him a letter during this time and be like, man, whatever, you know, just say what I would say to him. Like uh, even just maybe even something writing out. Oh, I would have bought this for you this year or, you know, um, I remember last year when I was journaling a lot, writing a lot of letters to my dad. I would just like update him on what my kids were doing because um, he always wanted to know. So those are things that you can do to help yourself, and it's okay to do those things. Um, but I really like that the letter thing because that's something I utilize, and that I know it works. So yeah, now that you brought it up, I'm definitely going to use it during this time. But with that, I open it up to you, fine native gentleman. That's you know that's something I want to try. I mean, without a doubt, to you know write that letter because. My my sister just passed not too long ago, and to say we were close is kind of an understatement. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of moving and shuffling in my in my life, but there was one constant, and it was her. It was my sister, and she, you know she she always liked to tell people that she raised me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, um, around about this time. Uh, Thanksgiving, her her birthday's at the end of the month, this month, and I've been thinking about that, and um, I think part of me is like, like what when when we had services and stuff, like I just do my just made myself super extra busy planning that all out, mm. and kind of took charge of that, mm-hmm. and 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 because. I mean, I don't know. I go part of like, like I maybe maybe it's an excuse. Maybe you guys can tell me. But what I told myself was, oh, she would do the same thing for me, so I can't. I got to focus on this. Mm. And then, like you know, since then there are times when just out of the blue, like things will hit me. Like like how he you just said about your 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 dad was like, she's not here anymore, mm. and and never will be. Like not in a physical sense. And that finality of it, like every once in a while, it'll just hit me right in the gut. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of me was kind to, kind trying to, almost like denial, mm-hmm. like trying to push that away. Like if if I if I if I have to come to terms with certain things, then that means I have to deal with them as they come, right? Mm-hmm. That, that that grief process, that process, and, to, and I always, you know, give, give other people really good advice. You know, go through the process; it's a process. And yet, sometimes I find myself um, denying that, denying myself that in in one form or another. And I, 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 I guess I didn't really want to admit it until I guess just now. Mm. You know, kind of this revelation: like, man, I have not been grieving properly Mm. because I think, you know, like 
I, I have to go through that process and yet I I feel like I have and then at some point I hit like a certain point and then I stop. Yep. Like like I try to pull it back. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that's that's enough for now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't think that's a healthy way to do it. But mm. I mean I'm really glad that we're talking about this because especially that writing that letter, like listening to you guys when you guys were talking about it, man, I just immediately just kinda almost started into a conversation with her. Mm-hmm. Right, like man this is what i could say and it doesn't have to like for me i would just like how you what, what was it you that said like how you would just talk to them if they were there yeah yeah, yeah. just that kind of conversation and, and so i i mean man I, I i'm going to definitely do that and what comes let let what comes just come and and deal with it mm-hmm. um because like i said i i think uh in the back of my mind i've been dreading this next week and week or so, week and a half, week or so. Mm-hmm. It's so um, deal and feel, as they say. Yep, that's what we got to do. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, what about uh, over here to the pod? Guys? Oh, sorry, I was finishing off text, but um, <laughs> I think it's important not only the writing, but. Man, this is kind of dumb, but, you know, I've been dealing, like, with grief ever since I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since I think I was about 12 or 11, 12 or 13, in between that age. Um, but I've never found, like, one way. I, I feel like every time that I've encountered that death, it's been different. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, as, as recent as last Thursday, you know, <clears throat> but I find myself, especially more and more this year, having conversations with that person, mm. kind of like what you were talking about, right? That, yeah. And that's what just uh, JC was alluding to about talking to them. Like they were th- still there, like even on the way over here, I was like, man, like that kind of, that's weird, bro. Like. So I just lost a, a really great friend. He's one of those guys that you know you meet through your your family relationships, your family dynamics, and mm-hmm. then how you meet them initially. That relationship gets tighter than how you met them initially. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you become closer to this person than you were to the person who introduced you to. Mm-hmm. And this person became a big brother to me and saved me a lot, especially as, as crazy as I was. And in, in the midst of my heyday, like, <clears throat> would always be there for me. And his birthday is coming up on the day after Christmas. Mm. You know, and he just passed away last Thursday. Like, and today I'm thinking, I'm like, damn, like at 11. Today I woke up first thing I was thinking, I was like, man, you probably woke up last week just like this. Oh, yeah, I woke yeah. up at like four o'clock this morning and I'm like, man, you probably woke up early, bro. Like just have this constant conversation, you know what I mean? Yeah. But for me, it helps me get it out in a healthy way. That way I'm not running to the freaking bottle or I'm not running to, you know, to the freaking mess, bro. Like, because I know if I engage in any of those that I'm going to die. Yep. But finding a healthy outlet, like, and even today, like, the one for me was like, man, I got to get a workout in. Mm-hmm. So I was on my way to school. I just found out that through my school, I get a gym membership. 
<laughs> but I got a free gym membership to the school that I attend, right? And I was like, man, like I got to get a workout in. Mm-hmm. And right as soon as I hit the interstate, I'm like, man, I forgot my shoes. Ah. You know, but just looking for that healthy outlet. And, and I think like for myself, it's like, it's just that running conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, bro, man, I loved you. Mm. And because I loved you, like I want to be there for your kids. Mm. And then realizing like, yo, like this happens in life. But how can I deal with it in a way that it doesn't come out sideways? Whether that be writing, whether that be, man, sweating it out, like physically, like, you know, like today, I when I came up today, I was barely breathing. And I'm like, man, like, but I got a good workout in, mm-hmm. you know, which sets up my tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we don't, we end up self-destructing. Sure. Whether that be our minds, whether that be internally, or whether that be outwardly projecting our hurt and our pain. Hurting others because we're hurt. Mm. But I would say, like, my grief process is different than yours. Mm-hmm. Different than yours. Like, so the listener has to find out, like, what works for them. Yeah. You know, my dad's been gone for 21 years, and I still miss him. Yeah. You know, when I look at my my kid, my my kid and my nieces and nephews, I'm like, man, like, I wonder what kind of dad you would have been. Mm-hmm. Or it could be the one that just died last week. And be like, man, you were your best grandpa. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah, man, it's, it's difficult. And <clears throat> um, it just reminded me, like, we went to this shark exhibit when we were in Vegas last week. And right when we walked into, like, it went underground. And then, like, could walk through this tunnel and it was all glass and you could see all those sharks my dad loved sharks and that's all i thought about that whole time when i was in there i was like man he would have loved this but that's kind of like your connection with them huh yeah and it was like it was like i was like feeling those two feelings i was like man this is awesome i was amazed i was stunned and sad yeah all at the same time and I just sat down and I was just sitting watching those sharks swim around and I was like just thinking about my dad. And <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was a, it was a bittersweet moment. That was like a true bittersweet moment for me. Um, <clears throat> about you. Yeah. Like you guys went through, like you said, Randy, our, our um, grief is all different. It comes in different waves, and that kind of reminds me of how everyone's recovery is different, too. Mm. And it just makes it more challenging when you're in recovery, too, like, because you don't want to relapse, but these fucking feelings keep coming at you, and you want to get rid of them, but you have to find different coping skills to yeah. let it out in a healthy way instead of an unhealthy way, run into the bottle or taking a hit or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you guys brought that up because, man, I wasn't even a year sober and my grandpa passed away. And, man, that was like that was the huge test for me because I was like, what the fuck? I'm trying to do good and you lay this shit on me, God? Or like mm. like mm-hmm. in that mind, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, I was in that mentality, but I wasn't even a year sober. I was already, they say, the first year is the hardest and I believed it. And then I had to go through the grieving process and I was like, holy shit, I was trying to do good for him. And he passes away and I... I was like, I messed up a lot when I, 
when he was alive, but he never looked at the addiction part of me. He still seen me as a person, as a mm. grandson. You know, he's giving me gas money whenever I needed. Like, gave me he he would give me his last twenty dollar bill for like for me to go eat or something. So, I still miss him, and it comes in waves. And I know it kind of gets better in time, they say. But sometimes, like especially the holidays, that's what we're talking about. And yeah. On here, this is from my perspective, going through the holidays, dealing with grief, especially that first holiday. Mm-hmm. Without them is sadly weird because you're so used to seeing them at the family gatherings and their personality and their voice. This is when my family, this is when family that is there must lean on each other to help to help heal and continue to move forward with life without that person that passed away. I used to never look at how the holidays would be without a loved one because every one of my family members would be there at every birthday, holiday, until I started losing loved ones in my late 20s. Then it hit me. Not everyone looks forward to Thanksgiving or Christmas or even their, their birthday, so to speak. It is another day for them. They could have lost family or something happened on the holidays in the past. For me personally, I would say my girlfriend and my son got me through some tough spots I was in and I enjoy I enjoy holidays with them because I have a family of my own. But there's always in the back of my mind my, my grandpa and he was the one that kind of held the family together and he kind of, there was something about him that he walked into a house and then Everybody was happy and eating, and everybody talked to him, and it was it was tough though, you know, because. Mm-hmm. But then that, that happened like in 2019. He had congestive heart failure, and I talked to him that morning. Mm. He said, "Come to my house Next, tomorrow morning. We're gonna sing some peyote and drink some peyote tea because he was real cultural, like strongly." Mm-hmm. Said, "Yeah, I mean, I'll meet you there. I'll be down in Harden, and later on, my my uh, my." Cousin called me crying, mm. and I was chilling, watching, like, sports on TV, and I was like, what's up? And they're all breaking down. You hear people crying in the background, and they're like, hey, I think Grandpa passed away, and holy shit. Mm. I blazed. I went, like, over 100 miles prior down to Harden mm. to go see him before Bullis got him, mm-hmm. to say my goodbyes and touch his hand, say shinnicks, and go on to the other side of camp, and... Mm-hmm. Ah, man, that was tough. I was emotional. I was a wreck, and I, like, my heart broke in half because mm-hmm. I was yeah. pre- pretty close to my grandpa. And, man, that was, that was a real major test, though, that time. Mm-hmm. Like, I was already emotional because my first year of sobriety and yeah. the grieving process, it's complicating, like you yeah. said. You can't really, like, of course there's emotions, but how are you going to express those emotions, like, Especially as a Native American man, too. Like, you want to cry, but, like, go take a drive or go cry or listen to some music or watch TV. And one thing that reminded me of him was, um, what's that called? The the Let's Make a Deal, that show in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Him and my grandma would be drinking coffee, and um, I I used to live with them, and they'd be watching that. And when he passed away, I'd get up and watch that, and I'd make a pot of coffee, and I'd just cry, too. And I'm like, what the heck? And one thing I wanted to bring up was, for me, this is going to sound weird. I don't know if you guys, when I drink, it'll be easier to cry. But when mm. I was sober, it will be harder to cry. But for my grandpa, shit, I cried a lot. And it was like sober tears right from the heart. Like, mm. Yeah. 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 And I was like on my couch and then I go away. And like, it's good to cry because you get tired and sleepy, take a nap. 
yeah. and then when you wake up, <laughs> you wake up and like you wake up, you remember, damn, he passed away. But it still hits me, but it gets better, and I kind of <clears throat> like you guys said, different coping mechanisms. We all have different ones, and I just like one of these skills I put on you, like what positive ways you coped with with um with them, like. Mm-hmm. Not what am I trying to say? Like, when you talk to them th- before they passed away, like, is there times you guys remembered when you talked? Like, lessons? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I did that with my grandpa, and I still remember his voice, and I keep, what he wanted me to do, he said, he even said this to me, too, when he was alive, because we'd always hang out and harden, and he'd be like, when I leave this earth, you got to man up, George. You got to bajalo up. You got to get on your two feet. You got to do something with your life. Mm. And I said, yeah, don't, don't say that grandpa. And, Cause he would talk like that. And I, he was like 80 years old, mm-hmm. he passed away when he was 82. And he was in the recovery too. Cause mm. he, he sobered up when he was 40 years old. Mm-hmm. So half his life was drinking. Half his other life was uh sober. And yeah. he did pretty good for himself. He got his master's degree at MIT Boston in linguistics. Wow. I was shocked he's like you got a little bit of me you could do it and he kind of motivates me and yeah. he was old school too like that like but i would listen to him i wouldn't talk back because he was like my grandpa and, yeah but he would always be the ones that feeds horses what he liked taking care of horses like his livelihood was even when horses that weren't ridden he would take care of them so mm. i'd help him take care of the horses and just a bunch of memories since i was knee high from a grasshopper mm-hmm. all the way up to, he took care of me and Raised me like his own and showed me a lot of stuff, like life stuff too. But yeah, about the sobriety, he didn't. He's like, you got to quit your drinking, George, and you got to do some. Go back to school, do something. And I, I would listen to him, but the addiction was just like clinged yeah. on to my life. And now, like one thing I wished, I wish I quit alcohol sooner. Like mm. he said that before too. He's like, one thing I regret was I wish I quit alcohol sooner because he quit when he was forty at a New Year's Eve party. Mm-hmm. You would really say the year too. I think it was like 1985 or something like that. Yeah. But he's like, they offered me a drink at a bar and he said he, he pushed it away and that's when he like stopped. And I don't think he went to like treatment because back then it was like old school. And he's yeah. like, he said it's all in the mind. And mm. but now, like, you know, it's more studies and all that. But yeah. back then he was, he quit when he was 40. And but yeah, sorry, I kind of went off on that. But uh, it's all good. holidays can be tough. Yeah. Definitely tough, and there's like <clears throat> one thing that I've been able to utilize too is like like the talking to them. Like we've all said that <clears throat> we do that, and uh, sitting at the grave and talking to my dad, uh, I find is real. Um, can sh- I'll shed tears, and um, <clears throat> but I get to say what I need to say. Uh, like I said, mostly just like updates on my kids, and then. Um, um, uh, telling him I miss him and like, you know, then the tears come and the sadness is there, but I walk away and, uh, I go back to my mom's house and that walk is probably about 150 yards or so. But in that walk, man, I feel like better. Um, <clears throat> I don't feel better about him being gone, but just that grief and that sorrow has been released and I feel better. You know, just like kind of you said, you cry, take a nap, and you're better. Um, and, yeah, just along the lines of like Randy said, too, everybody just needs to find their own mojo. You know, find their own what works for them. 
Um, you got to try some things out, writing the letter, sitting at the grave, talking to them, or even just driving and talking to them. Um, <clears throat> so just finding those healthy coping skills, not bottling it up. Because uh, I know in the past when people have passed, I bottled it up and I stayed in my head with it. And then I started throwing that pity party. And it's like, oh, this is only happening to me. I'm the only one that's sad like this. And started <laughs> drinking. You know what's crazy? Like, so I I just had, uh, well, not even to talk about work or nothing either, but like about two months ago, I met with a client. And we were talking, and it kind of came to an un, uh, uncomfortable point, you know, where they were talking about their grief. Mm-hmm. And they made a statement about, I don't know, I don't deal with that. I've never dealt with that. Hmm. Like, they felt like they moved on, but they also stated with their own words, like, yo, like, I never dealt with that. Yeah. And less than about a week, week and a half after that conversation, this man relapsed. You know? Because they probably started thinking about it that whole week. And it's crazy, right? Like, not dealing with them problems led this man to relapse Mm -hmm. where he didn't want to go. But you have to be willing to, like, engage in that uncomfortableness. Embrace, like, like I think, like, for me, like, I've never felt these before. But especially, like, this year, more than the other, it's been like, okay, like, let's feel that. Let's explore that a little bit. Yeah. Why do I feel like that? You know, why do I feel like crying? Mm-hmm. Um, why? Like, you know what I mean? And then it just kind of starts going. Yeah. 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 And then like in recovery, walking the red road, we're finally allowing ourselves to feel. So like that, like it's weird. It's like, especially early on, you know, like, man, why am I feeling like this? Like that happened a decade ago. Why am I still trying to trip over it? We talk to ourselves like that instead of letting ourselves feel that, um, now, one of my sponsors, before he relapsed on me, gave me that talk. It's like, you're finally allowing yourself to feel these things, man. Like, it's beautiful. Feel them. And I was kind of looking at him like, yeah, right. Mother effer. <laughs> <laughs> so you're about to say something there. Favorite Indian. Mm. 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 Kodak. <clears throat> no, I, you know, I was. There's a lot of thoughts that were going going into my mind because, like, um, I think part of it is not wanting to admit the finality of it. Yeah, true. Because I still get that. I haven't even taken her off my contacts yet. And I've, you know, there was a point there early on when I was saying, you know, I, like, say I was looking for your number and I, scrolling through and I see that one on there and then I'm like, damn, I'm never going to get another text. Mm-hmm. I'm never, you know, never going to get a phone call. I, I can't go out there and say, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Or, you know, and, and it's just, I, I think I've been, I mean, I know I've been avoiding it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just listening to you guys and, and I, I realize now that that's not the way. Um, I always tried to, I guess, I don't want to, I mean, for lack of a better term, pride myself in, in, in being able to cope in a better way now, right? Oh, yeah. 
Um, but it just goes to show that no matter how many, no matter how further removed I get from my last drink, that there are still some issues that I have to work on. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, it, it, to get, I guess just to flip it on its head, I guess it's a matter of, you know, um, how, how are we going to deal with it? And I guess I can think of it in a more positive way saying, okay, this is a reminder that I am not, you know, um, immune Mm. to going out and, and, well, basically falling apart piece by piece. Yeah. And then going out and then making that ultimate decision to start using again. So Mm. I have to um, take that seriously because it, like like George said, it, it, for us, it's life and death. True. It is life and death. And so I have to take that seriously. And, um, yeah, I'm just so glad we got to talk about this because it's just giving me all these ideas and these things that I am going to go do probably even tonight. Like, I'm going to start, I'm going to write that letter, start a letter. Yes, sir. And I think, you know, I mean, maybe even just start journaling and, and using my sister as that audience. Yeah, because I might not get a text back, but I can tell her all these things and still get something back in mm-hmm. a, in a you know in in a on the unseen in an unseen way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's just and you I'm get a, that release. Yeah, you get that release and you release and, that grief. And uh, another thing too is like I. <laughs> There was a thought. I just had a thought. But like, trying to be almost selfish with it. Right? Like, like, um, like, like how, how you said it earlier. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is what I was like. You, you brought up like, oh, it's only happening to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, and, but there are other people that are affected by loss, you know? Um, and, and so, I think it's important for me to practice what I preach because if I want my kids and her kids and, you know, the grandkids and, you know, any other, because, you know, our family suffered a lot of loss and and for everybody to start that healing process, I think it's, for me, it's probably the best idea to practice what it is that I've been preaching. Mm-hmm. All right, because I noticed that a lot of people are starting to view me in a different light than they did when I was using Know, coming to me for advice or coming to me to uh um or looking to me it's like okay so this guy was real bad and now he's doing good so you know um i guess just admitting the fact that yes i'm hurting and mm-hmm. it does hurt and i'm going through these things and they come and they go and i and i and i deal with them mm-hmm or I, I have to start dealing with them yeah. because I mean, like I said, I was kind of dreading the end of the month. Like every once in a while, every so, so many years, like Thanksgiving will actually fall on her birthday. Mm. So we, we have always, everybody, we've always associated the two. Mm-hmm. And so I think, man, it's like, this is like a blessing right here. Mm. This, talking about this, especially during the holidays, like not so much Christmas, I guess. But more of the Thanksgiving thing. Yeah, just because of birthdays. Of, yeah, right? yep. Just that association. And I think I've been kind of looking the other way 
toward you know and not looking towards the upcoming um because everybody keeps asking me like what are you going to do for thanksgiving you know we're doing this and you're welcome to come and i just keep saying i don't know i do not know yeah but at this point right now after everything that's been said i think i just have to go forward and experience it well and and then i the 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 uh, the thing that I won't take for granted or the thing that I will be absolutely grateful for is the fact that I have, like, you three, people like you three, I can say, hey, man, you know what? I'm not doing so good right now. Mm-hmm. I can call you up. I can text you because I will get a text back. Yeah. And I will get a response. And I'll say, hey, I'm not doing too good. Like, what am I doing wrong? Or can you help me? Or can you listen to me? Or, you know, you got mm-hmm. any advice? See, that, that right there, because I couldn't do this alone. Mm. And, and I don't, you know, because I my my recovery is not on an island. Mm. It's it's part of this whole network of people that God has put into my life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just like I almost I almost feel po- like can I say excited? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I mean, it's like I'm o- like I'm okay with it now. Now like, it's kind of like you have a plan, so it's like, oh, okay, I, now I know what to do. Yeah, so, okay, so yeah. I don't, like, I'm excited because I don't have to dread it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. And that just happened within the last, what, half hour, 45 minutes that we've mm-hmm. been talking? Two hours. Like, I just kind of turned that. Yeah, yeah. Has it been two hours? No, I'm just, was, oh, that was no, a joke. No, no, on going on two hours? <laughs> was, that was a joke on how much you guys talk. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke it's on It's only been two around. hours. There you go. So, yeah, so man, thank you guys, thank you brothers for bringing this up, talking about it, giving me ideas, giving me that hope, not having to dread it, and I I feel like li- like lighter, awesome, like, just like you're in just, a room full of therapists, man. I know these yeah. Indian therapists, are the best <laughs> ones. They have those healing hands. <laughs> <laughs> they they've been touching. Oh, <laughs> is, is that is that what you've been doing? Yeah. Just oh, trying to work on you. <laughs> oh, you're, yeah. you're colicky too. Yeah. <laughs> come here, come on, come sit on my. So lap. that that was a healing touch. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are all <laughs> yeah, just those coping skills. Like what JC was saying. Like if you're out there, you're listening. You're like avoiding the holidays, avoiding some emotions or grief. Like just face it head on. Uh, reminded of the teaching of the buffalo teaching that we used to use all the time when we're talking about um, suicide prevention was that the buffalo is out there on the prairie and the storm's coming. He sees the storm. It's coming, but he doesn't turn. He doesn't run. All the other animals, they run. The birds fly away. The deer, elk, they go run away and bed down somewhere because they see the storm. They feel it. It's coming. But the buffalo sees the storm, and he heads right for it. Because the fastest way through the storm is right through, straight through. So that's what that kind of analogy, that's how we have to be with our emotions. We have to just face them head on, lean into them, and then reach down into our toolbox, our coping skills, our healthy coping skills, and use those to get through that storm. And then when we get through, we're like, oh, that worked. That wasn't so bad. I didn't have to say fuck it and go get a bottle and throw away my life and go get drunk for three months. I didn't have to do that. It goes back to what we always talk about, too. I had a choice. 
we have a choice. And that choice to face our emotions, our circumstances head on and use our toolbox and use our healthy coping skills. It's a beautiful thing. And now I understand what my sponsor was talking about. It's a beautiful thing. We don't have to run and ruin everything just because we don't want to feel our emotions. The best way to get through it is to go through it. Yes, sir. Release the grief. You're about to say something when I said that earlier. (laughs) I thought you said release the grease. (laughs) That's why I like jumped up and then I was like, and then I was like, oh man, because he was in the middle of his. Oh my god, he's gonna think I'm laughing, like you know. uh, But I thought he said release the grease. (laughs) You might want to do that too, though. Release the (laughs) grease. That's what I say on Thanksgiving now. And my at the mill is gonna stand up right after they pray. Release the grease. As soon as they say a show. As soon as they say a ho and then you jump up, release the grease. <laughs> no, but that I, I think that's awesome because I find like a lot of my healing, like how you just now went through your process. Mm. Is like in my therapist sessions, like when I'm talking to my therapist, like I'm just sitting there talking to her. And then it's almost kind of like thinking out loud. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I'm like, and then she just sits there and listens. And then I'm like, putting these feet together. I'm like, wait, you know? Yeah, yeah. You come to like, this. okay, no, I got it. And then it's like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and then like that revelation comes. But yeah. it's also, I mean, I think a lot of times, and I think I said it earlier too, is like when I'm talking out loud, I think I'm like an outward thinker. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm working out and I'm kind of one of the things I've learned about myself this year is like I'm more like working stuff out. So a lot of times when I'm talking, I'm figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know. I don't have it all. Like I don't have the answer, but I'm going to sit here and talk, but I'm going to talk. You know what I mean? I yeah. know exactly what you mean, because I do the same thing. Like you don't know where your initial statement is going to go. Yeah. But it's, you're working it out as you're talking. And the next thing you know, you and then the light bulb. Eureka. Yeah. Because oh. I, I was telling this guy, like, what, uh, before I was like, yeah, I do that all the time. And then I come up with this realization. I was like, man, I'm a genius. I knew it all along. Yeah. You know, I like to say that, but. You know what? I, I like, am smart. You know what? <laughs> I am a genius. Damn it. So that's probably when your brother's like, who are you trying to convince? Me or you? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you know. Like, <laughs> but I've always been like that. Another one, my brother, Shylan, man, he has just called me like 10 second Randy because I just. Like, <laughs> Dog, my attention span is like 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> 10 seconds. <man. laughs> I'm talking and then I'll forget about what I'm talking about. I'm like, what was I saying again? Sock. 10 seconds, Randy, man. <laughs> Sock bajo. <laughs> I think it's just like all the drugs and stuff that I used to do that kind of messed with my memory. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My thought process and stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm 39. I'm... Man, we're Learning. still trying to rewire that brain, huh? Yeah. yeah. And I don't think it'll ever go back to how it was before. You know what I mean? True, true, true. But, well, there is what they call neuroplasticity. That, that you know, like probably like how you were saying when you were in the throes of addiction, it was your brain was changing, but then now that you're out, you can change it back. Yeah. 
It just takes yeah, just like, like different pathways. Yeah, it just takes uh, effort, I guess. Or not? I, mean, I don't want to say effort. That sounds kind of like oh, you just got to man up. Like, kind of, kind of rewiring, huh? Yeah, I mean, kind of unlearning a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, not unlearning, but learning new stuff. Yeah, mm. there's been a lot of that for sure, man. I think that that's like for me, like okay, I got to continue to work on myself. I got to continue to. Cause it's the walk on the red road. Like I continue walking. Yeah. You know, not walk is, you know, working on myself continuously. Even if it's just like one little tiny baby step today, I just got to keep going. You come ride with me. I'm keep on going by myself. Yeah. But you know what? Journeys are often better together. Yep. Slow motion is still progress. Yes, sir. Hey, any closing words for episode 108? Uh, hey, 108 Meridian. What is that? What? 108 Meridian. I don't know. I just heard it. It just came out when I said 108 today. Cool, yeah. Uh-huh. That's the name of our first album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drop it New Year's Eve. Watch <laughs> <laughs> you, George. Any last words? Uh, I just want to thank you guys for letting me be on your podcast for the second time and yeah. co-host and um when you brought up the topic i knew it was gonna be kind of like a touchy everyone wants heavy to, yeah, yeah, yeah everyone wants to avoid that but it does need to be addressed you know because mm-hmm. addictions by assessing other clients that kind of in the root some of that can come up to like the grievance that's oh, yeah. unresolved grievance mm-hmm. so so we kind of go on that and we go forward and work on that and what their unhealthy coping skills and how, like, they've been doing it this whole time and maybe yeah. got in trouble with, like, the law and that's what, like, led to that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's kind of – I'm glad you brought it up because it does need to be addressed and especially around the holidays it could be tough. And you made me look at it at a different perspective and I'm, like, kind of mind-blown. I learned, like, grew a little bit today, you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always learning something as a counselor too, which is good. Mm-hmm. I take constructive criticism really well. I'm like, like, okay, this is what I got to fix on a note. Let's do this. And then I kind of move forward. Like, yeah, but I love, I love everything I'm learning in this past year. Like what Randy was saying, what he went through this past year, what you notice when in your sober mind too, like your strengths and your weaknesses and your mm-hmm. abilities. Yeah. I, I noticed a lot of that too. And man, we're way better sober. Like we're more like, a sober person, like a social drinker, wouldn't understand this because we as alcoholics, we came real far and it may seem normal to them, but like it's so better being sober. I, I think of it as a superpower mm-hmm. just because we get up in the morning, do stuff with our kids, get up in the morning and go take a walk instead of staying in bed, being sick and doing things in the morning, like doing things throughout the day and being healthy and just learning new things. And mm-hmm. we're all here today. We're alive. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we're doing good things. And you guys are doing good things. You guys are inspiration. I listen to your guys' podcasts. When I'm doing things, washing the dishes, or doing something, I have my AirPods in. Yeah. And you guys, you have that humor slash the education, which is good. And I, I love it. And mm. keep doing what you're doing, man. I met uh-huh. Randy's good guy, JC, with the place to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I got a question for you real quick before we close out. Do you Uh-oh. listen to us in the shower? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yuck>. <laughs>
He, oh, changed, I mean, he changed it to dishes, huh? Oh, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> when I'm in the, I mean, when I'm doing dishes. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just kidding. I almost that, jumped on there too, but I better just. Oh, 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 I, better, oh, oh I better don't. I, I, I better, I better don't. don't. <laughs> and, All right. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and just one thing. Last yeah. um, I did a 5K run with oh, the, yeah. the G Little Eagle put yeah, on, yeah. and. Man, I challenged myself. I set a little goal, and I started running at the treadmill at uh, Planet Fitness. Like, mm-hmm. what you're doing, kind of, because early in recovery, I started running a lot because that yeah. helped me. Not even being fast, you know, just first goal, get a pace. Second goal, go, like, run a mile without stop, without walking. Yeah, yeah. So I started doing that, and now I'm kind of like, but the only thing is my my diet. Like, I love yeah, yeah. food. I love eating, oh. but then I burn mm-hmm. it off of mm-hmm. running. Yeah. So then I I signed up for the the turkey run next week. Oh, here yeah. in Bellings. Yeah, yeah, that's on Thanksgiving Day in the morning, nine in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so release the grease, release the <laughs> grease, and work up an appetite. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. That's my second five k towards the end of the year. So now I'm kind of like, what's in store for next year? Yeah. yeah. So you let's know what? Do, let's do the purple five k then. So let's do it. We'll, April. we'll make you a shirt Let's that says that Release the Grease so you got uh, I know uh, That'll be the name of our running club Release the yeah. Grease Release, Release the, the Grease, grease. <laughs> Bellings Running Club Release the Grease We'll have that on our site Because <laughs> uh, there's those uh, running clubs on The Northern Cheyenne and Crow Reservation The What is it? Um, G's Running Club is like Run DNC Run DNC and then The Renegades The Renegades on the Crow I have to start up a run a running club here. Unspoken running. No. Release the grease. That's gonna be the name of it. Unspoken 5K. All right, so shout out to yeah, all of those runners out there in the Billings, Montana area. Come join the Release the Grease Running Club. <laughs> Coming out in twenty twenty three. Hey, we're gonna have shirts and donuts. And plenty of grease. There might be some cookies too. So. Will there be cupcakes? Yes, cupcakes. All right, that's it for us here on episode 108. Randy B's heading out the dough, and you guys have a good turkey day, and be thankful. Uh, hello to our unspoken words disciples. Keep spreading unspoken words, gospel, Billy Graham style, all over flat earth. Uh-huh. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.